How's that bush like corn beer? Tastes like fucking. Tastes like America. <laughs> what is that? Like a like stars and stripes, <laughs> like bacon and sausage. Tastes like maize. <laughs> Right. The opposite of croissants. <laughs> God bless you. Uh, I think we're ready, Drew. Hit it, Daddy. Uh. God bless you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Teenagers Trying to Act Tough, Getting Tats of Tulips and Turnips, Tom Told Tony to Stop Tripping on Tramps and Tool Bags, Uncle Gary Gets Tempted to Tell Tall Tales of How He Told Tom Cruise to Take the Top Gun Roll episode of The Day's Grim. My name is Brian Michael Day. My name is Thomas Grimm. Who's producing this bad boy? Drew Head. What's up, Drew? How are you, sir? Uh, I'm not too bad. Uh, I would like to take a moment to let all of the listeners and viewers know that this episode is brought to you by TDG's official sponsor, official, unofficial, whatever you call it, Purple Moose Power Washing, LLC. They're the newest pressure washing company in the tri-state area. Uh, if you get it now while the deals are hot this summer, um, you're, you're going to get the best prices uh, that they offer right now. Um, they do anything from siding to patios, and I think they're even getting into Spanish uh, baptisms. So I really don't even know what's going on Sounds there. Sounds nice. Check them out. That's Purple Moose, one word, uh, Power Washing, LLC. Link in the description. What's up, dude? Not much. Joining us this week in the Days Grim shoebox is one of our favorite guests for round three, I believe, or is this round four? I don't know. Tony Tripp, how are you? Trifecta now. Yeah. It's, it's the Trinity. <laughs> it's the Trinity. Thomas yeah. isn't a fan, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's starting yeah. early. <laughs> uh, hashtag reverting. Uh, what's new, man? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Living yeah. life. My kids are getting big. They're getting ready to go back to school. So. Hell yeah. What are they, like 23, 24? Yeah, 13 and 9. Are they so Eagle close. Scouts now? Uh, they will be. They don't have a choice on that. Is, right. is, is Eagle Scout like a Navy SEAL for children? Well, um, well it, it, like in order to get Eagle Scout, you have to prove that you can do a bunch of stuff. So that stuff is relevant to them getting older. And, and to be honest with you, like, I think it's good stepping stones for them to become adults. So, okay, sick. So I told him my son, like, uh, I want him, like what we're running into now is like on Wednesdays, he wants to be a scout, but on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, he wants to be himself. So just been, a piece of trash. He's like, no, I just want to no, sit on the couch, nothing like fucking that. watch some yeah, TV. He loves his phone, you know. <laughs> yeah. He loves YouTube. He's a kid, you know. So he wants to be us, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's probably watching. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Shout so, out, dude. <laughs> so, like, um, you know, like uh, I've been really trying to get him to like focus on merit badges and all these like little side yeah, quests yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff because each one of those is like a little token of something that he has learned. You know, it's it's not really as much about the patches, about the lesson that he's learning. And uh, for me, it's always been about trying to get my kids around people that I find to be of better quality than me, right? Like, I consider myself a good person, but I also know really good people, too. So I want my kids to be influenced by them. And I, there's a lot of people in scouting and um, that are just genuinely really awesome people. And they're they're not from the streets of Chicago. And, they're you know, like, they grew up in nice houses oh, and, yeah. you know, very, like, Brady Bunch type people. And I want my son okay. to be around those people because they, they have – 
uh, important knowledge as well, you know? Yeah, and just so long as he's not, like, slinging bags on the streets of Chicago. You right. know, so long as... <laughs> yeah. He's got a pretty, like, Newburgh life, you know? Like, he's doing all right in life, you know, both of them. Yeah. No, so honest- what... what uh, since since uh, leading up to this episode, I think oh, since fuck. we booked you, something happened. You put out a bounty on somebody on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the it's hit a and price run. on someone's head right run. now. Yeah, so I was on the way to pick up a check from um, Mike Wall, who's Matt Wall's brother. Okay, uh, who owns Wall, Wall's Organics and stuff. But okay. his brother owns an insurance company, and I did some logo work for him. And we were on the way to go pick up a check, and we got smacked from behind by a Rubicon. And uh, they were, we were at a red light, and they hit us just full blown. Uh. It like it's over twelve grand worth of damage. So my my stuff's been in there, but dude, they hit me. I looked back to check my son, and then I looked over to check my wife, and then I looked in the rearview mirror at him and was getting ready to get out, and he started squealing backwards. I was like, oh no. This is not what I thought. I thought we were going to exchange insurance, you know, like right. grownups do. But this guy was like, nah, screw that, you know. He probably had a, a bag from the streets of oh. Chicago on him. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can only think. did, that, dude. <laughs> I think that maybe he was drunk or something like that. But basically, he took off, dude. And we chased him all through the city. And then finally, like, he went into oncoming traffic. And I had my family with me and stuff, like, it it got freaky for a little bit, but like I used to do a lot of street racing when I was a kid, especially like yeah. like from Waukee into downtown Chicago was all like, you know that was in the height of like Honda Civics and Integras and oh you know, yeah Gen two stuff and like really building out the B series you know that was kind of dragging was the bumpers the on the ground and stuff yeah hood oh, rat yeah. stuff you know? yeah dude gang shit <laughs> so I like that all shit. of that kicked in I was like yeah we got a chase I'm with it bro let's go you know so we're doing stuff my wife's gripping the dashboard telling myself we got it on video too she's like trying to videotape it and uh, oh my, my son's in the back crying she's like daddy's got us daddy's got us and she's like are you sure <laughs> I'm like yeah I got this for beep I'm honking and I'm going crazy man and then uh, she called the she called the police and we were trying to get we we're basically just trying to get the license plate number because as soon as we got that we're golden yeah but he had like how fast it happened there's no license plate on the front of your vehicle so you backed up took off and by the time I busted that you he was already my wife was like zoomed in all the way and it's like shaking he's, you know? he's got to be at least a couple miles up the road at that point well he was he was far enough that we really couldn't and there was so much action and she was trying to hold it still yeah and, you know it it it. it it's not what we expected the day to happen, so it was kind of like all on a fly. She's not really built like that, you know. She's not built for emergency situations. I was ready to fight, you know. And right. She was like, "Let's just chill," you know. Yeah, like, Man, we just not, call they the got cops. street cameras somewhere. <laughs> she's we not didn't a- even know about that. So, long story short, like that happened. Uh, they, basically, she called nine one one, and nine one one was like, "Yeah, stop the pursuit because they may have a gun, they may be on drugs." And then I started thinking, man. I got a gun too, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, whatever, you know? But then I was like, man, my wife's in the car. My kids are in the car. You know, like, this is, this, my son was in the car. I was like, this is too much, man. Like, I don't, like, I don't need no traumatic, like, we were good, right? I tried, I saw, we pulled over in advanced auto parts and uh, I got out, took pictures. It took like 30 or 45 minutes for the cops to show up. And then when they did show up, he just kind of took like a report. I called in, my insurance as Progressive. Shout out to Progressive because they took straight care of me. Oh, um, nice. They've been taking care of like they like they're paying like out the ass for this car for my from my Durango to be fixed, and then um, they're paying for my rental for thirty days. They're taking care of like I've been a member with them for like ten plus years, so I got this like yeah. status with them. Yeah, but um, VIP, bro. Like this is like my second accident I've had in a couple. Like I slid and hit my tire on this curb, and they yeah. took care of that stuff too. But 
Progressive has been really good to me. But anyways, so long story short, we had enough video. We were like, let's use Facebook. So we put it on Facebook, dude. And everybody in the city was sending me pictures of black Jeeps, like all from the housings. Everybody was like, it was crazy. Like I was like, Whoa. I saw it, dude. I was yeah. following it a little bit, dude. And I was like, it was Yo, getting kind of sweaty, out, dude. Shout out to Evansville, man. Like they all kicked in hard Doing the work. Yeah, well, so we th- we're thinking like the hit and run detective supposed to hit us like within 24 hours or something. Yeah. We, it's been 30 days almost, and we haven't heard from him at all. Do you no think, phone call, no nothing. Do you think that hit and runs are similar to murder in that the first 48 hours are the most crucial? Well, so what I was able to do is in the first no. 24 hours, I got, I got flock cam footage from a detective that we knew. What's so, flock cam footage? So flock cams are the cams that go around the city. They're like stationed at different parts of the city. Like that drones? Take, they take pictures. No, no, no. They're on like light poles. They're at the stoplights or at everything. We have those? Yeah. We have a bunch of them. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, every time got, you pass by a corner, there's a flock cam taking a picture of your license. And they're talking about putting it in now to where the flock cams catch people for like running red lights. You'll be getting a ticket in the mail. I'm, well, not with that, but I'm with the flock cams. Because this dude, well, I knew a detective that um, from a long time ago, and he got a hold of a guy that got me all a bunch of footage from like a four hour block. Yeah. So he sent me like twelve pictures of all these trucks, and only one truck matched the um, the back of the wheel. Right, like they had a like it was like this flower shaped wheel on the back of this Rubicon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And out of like twenty or twelve of these cars, there was only one that matched that. So that's when I posted that thing. Two hundred bucks. Anybody find this car right now? Because that was supposed to be the car that did it. Well, this girl lived down the street from this lady that ended up being a babysitter. So she went over there. I was like, give me a picture of the front of it. If it's got, if it's red, then I'll give you 200 bucks. And she's like, yeah, cool. So she got a picture of it. No damage on the front of it. So she was like, you know, don't worry about it. Don't send me nothing. You know, I was just whatever, whatever. So I ended up sending her 20 bucks just like for going. Are you, are you for sure going to be an awkward looking neighbor? Yeah, dude. (laughs) Well, it was good because like everybody was bothering everybody. But the cool thing was, is like one of the people that got a photograph was this Jeep uh, Wrangler uh, Rubicon or whatever that was parked in it had a Georgia license plate. Well, like one of, so there was another guy, part of a Jeeper community that got blamed for it. He ended up not being the guy. It was just some weird stuff, but his house ended up getting robbed by the guy in that picture. So the detectives call me and say, Hey man, we saw you had this picture. Do you have an address to this? And I'm like, hell yeah, let's get these people. I'm all about this stuff. I want to be a detective, man. Put me on hit and run. I'll be all right. So after, after 20 years of being a tattoo artist, cause this is your 20 year anniversary. Yeah. You might switch it up and become a detective. Are you are you doing? Are you making the move? You thinking about hitting up EPD? Yeah, I just want to get a detective hat and a mustache. You have to shave yeah, shave the beard off, just go stash. Yeah. Well, I gotta fit in. I'm a detective, so you, I, oh, yeah, that's I have you, to do something strange. Do you have gauges? I don't remember. Do you have yeah. gauges yeah, in yours? Oh yeah, you're good, bro. Yeah. You're good. Maybe I, maybe I get a like face tat. That might do it. That you put not a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Just in teardrops, super small. <laughs> God damn it. That's perfect. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, all right. So I'm sorry that had to happen to you, man. That's and fucking unfortunate. The, you were saying before the show, there's only one hit and run detective in the. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing. Like, I ended up soul. messaging him back. <laughs> that poor and bastard. I was like, yeah, I was supposed to hear from a hit and run detective after 24 hours. He was like, you sure about that? 
I'm like, mm, am I? He's like, I don't know, dude. There's only one in this whole area. I was like, so I messaged Progressive. I was like, are you guys going to try to pursue this? I was like, you're coming out like almost 15 grand for some guy hitting me. I was like, if you find him, then I should get my $1,000 deposit back for my, for my. Right. Deductible. Yeah. yeah deductible yeah, yeah. back. I should be getting all my money back. Right. So she's like, yeah, we're going to pursue it. I was like, ooh, Progressive got connections. So they're going to get, you know, like, I hope they find them. I hope, get, you oh, know, yeah. it comes around Christmas time where I get that little money back. It'd oh, be all yeah. right. That'd be awesome, dude. Put somebody in fucking cuffs or something. Speaking of somebody not getting their money back. Oh, fuck, dude. You think you spend a lot of money on licorice annually? Mm-mm. That Australian licorice. Not at uh, all. <sighs> all right, dude. Well, uh, Drew, if you'd be so kind, let's roll into uh, this week's Death of the Week. The Brought to you by the daysgrim.com. Dip the tip in. Uh, get some sweet merch, dude. We got some tees on there. We got some hats on there. We got some mugs, some canteens, a lot of cool shit. Also, uh, new new web pages in the works, so that'll change at some time. The website will be the same, but um, the daysgrim.com uh, will look a little bit different. So, this week's Death of the Week. A man died after eating a bag of black licorice every day. Doctors at Massachusetts General Hospital said the unusual case highlighted the risk of consuming too much... Not even going to try that one. Glycerizic acid, uh, which is found in black licorice. Moving forward. Um, Go ahead and scroll on down here. There we go. Uh, he had no history of heart problems. Uh, he walked his dog regularly and worked a physically demanding job as a construction worker, according to his doctors. Then, in 29- January of 2019, he collapsed at a McDonald's and died. We're not blaming McDonald's, but also, we're not not blaming McDonald's. Uh, the likely culprit is either McDonald's or all of the black licorice, according to the doctors who treated him and who this week published their findings about the unusual case in the New England Journal of Medicine. The report said the man, an unidentified 50-year-old from Massachusetts, had consumed one to two large bags of black licorice a day for three weeks. The habit caused his potassium levels to drop uh, precipitously, prompting a cardiac arrest according to the study. He never regained consciousness after his collapse and died about 24 hours after he arrived at Massachusetts General Hospital. Quote, we almost didn't believe it when we figured it out. Uh, end quote, said Dr. Jacqueline B. Henson. <laughs> so when you're editing, Tony, do you have like a go-to editing snack? <laughs> Dude, the doctor. The fucking doctor wow. said we almost can't believe this. <laughs> He's a fucking doctor. I feel like when I'm editing and I'm in front of the computer, I always got a snack or something. I mean, black ri- black licorice is foul, but uh, if you scroll down in the article, it says, The man in Massachusetts has a poor diet and smoked a pack of cigarettes a day, according to his friends and family. Uh, but it was a switch from red to black licorice <laughs> three weeks before his death that doctors said proved fatal. Imagine smoking a pack a day, eat like shit, and what kills you is switching from red to black licorice. 
fucking made the big switch. I'm, not, I'm never eating black licorice. He's I'm not even going to eat a black jelly bean ever again. Yeah, oh, I don't, fuck that, dude. I don't fuck but with that anyway. Those black jelly bellies, dude, Only they are reds. fucking rancid, dude. <laughs> so you shoe you, leather. If you like black licorice, get fucked. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> it's like all clove, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, those same people fuck with like only Jaeger. Yeah. And uh, what's yeah. the little green fairy Golden absinthe? Sh- Goldschlager. Yeah. Dude. Remember that? Black licorice tastes like, like you said, what did you call it? Cinnamon and clove. It was like, it's like clove and sage together. Like yeah. if they were edible. It's fucking. Only goths eat it. Rancid. Uh, that's this week's Death of the Week brought to you by thedaysgrim.com. Dip the tip in, get some merch, you know, whatever. But you really don't have like a go to snack food while. You're doing a lot of editing, so you don't nibble. You're not a no. I t- I have a bad habit of um, eating large meals for long periods of time in front of the computer. Oh, so damn. like I'll get lunch and then I'll just meal on lunch for a long time and then it'll be done and then it'll be like, I don't know. I don't really snack as much as I used to. I used to eat a lot of Cheetos. Damn. What about unhealthy posture while you edit? Oh, oh dude, it's the yeah. worst. What's well, your I've ergonomic situation? Horrible, horrible, bad. Just from tattooing and hitting weird angles and. Punching uh, tagging over. a bunch and doing a bunch of graffiti in younger days, just kind of building around walls and hitting low spots. You know, it's, uh, I've tried to be a lot better about it. Actually, like the last few few months, I've been taking like this health journey and trying to like. Now that I'm 40, I'm like, ooh, gotta take stuff serious. You know, like can't like 20, you'd be able to fall and bounce back super quick. When yeah. you're 40, you fall and it's like, oh damn. Yeah, you're like, not. You're, you're gonna think about that later, you know. You're walking weird for a week. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, I'm still not even that old, relatively speaking. But like, I see the gray coming in. I'm oh, like yeah. aware of my age now. Like, oh, I yeah. still feel like a kid, but I notice when I get around kids, they look at me like a grown up. <laughs> Dude, if you <laughs> so it's throw different. Drew, whom is 21, out of a moving car at like roughly 30 to 50 miles an hour, he's probably going to be fine. A Wolverine it right yeah. back. Tuck and roll. You Just throw me skinner. out of a car moving at 30 to 50 miles an hour, I'm fucking dying. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I think 30, I I might end up in the hospital, but I'd, I'd be all right. Yeah, that's I will saying. feel like shit if I sleep wrong, uh, though. <laughs> but moving car, I got it. I have special pillows and shit. Dude, Dude, you got that fucking groin pillow. (laughs) So, uh, since since the last time you came in, you you touched base with your tat dad. Yeah, we talked about him. Well, what's funny is like, so over the years, I've uh, I've been in the in like public, I suppose, like right, like I think the tattooing has brought on a bunch of attention that I'm thankful for and I really appreciate, but sometimes wasn't really something that I had planned for. So I wasn't really aware of like, I've never looked at myself as something, something that people like would pay attention to other than like, if you're getting a tattoo, that's it, you know? So over the years, I've been a bit of a goofball online and messed with online and just totally did whatever I wanted to online. And I've, I've like, since like, as I get older, right, like I start taking into consideration that like that argument doesn't last just that time. It it lasts a lot longer and people are affected by it a lot longer. So I've really done a lot to really try not to go to joke as hard as I used to because a lot of it came out of like good heartedness. Then it yeah. got spun some kind of way because like if you hit somebody that plays the victim card all the time, then you end up getting into this situation where you were just joking. But now it becomes this like, oh, making it out. To, yeah. Yeah. And like. Now you Nothing look like I've, an aggressor. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like um over the over the years I've just realized that like I don't really have to be a personality on Facebook. I can just put my tattoo there and then be like part of my family and stuff. 
So I've really honed in on trying to be like, um, I would say more aware of the people around me and the way that I'm speaking to the people around me and the way that I'm treating um, myself publicly. Because I was pretty selfless. Like, I didn't care. Like, I would just say what it is. I don't speak for nobody else. I'm just speaking for myself. And if I think that you're fake or if you're being illegitimate or you're doing some out-of-pocket shit, I was just going to say that, you know? And it it didn't matter if it was online or to your face as hammerheads, you know? It was like we were going to – it didn't really matter to me. But when I got kids, man, I got a family. I'm like representing my like my wife. You know, my yeah. wife brings the, her absolute best to the table, and I'm over here being a jackass on Facebook. And people are like, you know, I don't want people to look at my wife and be like, "Why is that dude with you? Yeah. Or why are you with that dude?" You know what I mean? Like, that's always the best too. It's always the best when you see like like, and I'm not talking. She about, could do so much better. I mean, please don't <laughs> take this. I'm talking about your wife, but let's just say hypothetically, God, she, I if I had a dollar for every time I've said this. Oh my God, she's so hot. Why is she with this fucking? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's the same. You know, way that becomes, to you. That yeah. becomes inner dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You don't want that. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, when yeah, you yeah. start telling yourself that, you start being like, as like it was just a maturity thing, right? I grew up in tattoo shops. I dropped out of high school at 17 and started tattooing literally right after that. Yeah. Um, like, early, early. Yeah. So, so it's been all I've known this whole time. So I've grown up around roughnecks that talk shit. We grow up around. Uh, f- up until probably like the last 10 years, really, it's it's not it's kind of gentrified now. Right. Like it's a lot more acceptable. It's a lot more like, you know, when Miami Inc. came out, I remember when that show came out, it like pivoted how people were treating us. They were coming in talking about fine line and stuff. We're like, whoa, who are you? What the fuck? They're yeah. hearing all this stuff. <laughs> so the demographic change, which opened it up for a lot more people, which is great. Like, I love the transition. I love all that stuff. But like, you know, before that, it was roughnecks, you know, it was the. It was the party goers. It was the the people that were just didn't. We were outcasts, the pariahs of the world, you know. And um, now it's like more socially acceptable. It's it is what it is. But that's where my roots are, you know. Yeah. So like just talking like that and bullshitting back and forth with a dude uh, can only happen with certain dudes in certain environments, right? Like if I say some joke and shit to him, he don't know me. Yeah. He's gonna think I'm an asshole. Right? right, but he don't know. Yeah. We just this, we've been right. talking about I the same that, shit for like three hey, weeks now. And also, Drew, heads up, Tony's an asshole. Uh, no. <laughs> well, well, I was gonna say, like, <laughs> but not really anymore, though. You a know? lot of people, a lot of people haven't hung out in tattoo shops longer than their appointment. Also, right. so a lot of yeah. people don't right. understand, like, but we all know the stigma, right? Right, that stigma is who I grew up with, right? right. And that's been since I was a kid. Both my dad and my stepdad both tattooed, so I've been in this environment for a long time, and it's been tough guy shit, right? Like. Up until recently, it's just, it's, you know, it was always like tough dudes. It was never like women and like and soft dudes cream. And, well, you know, yeah. and yeah, and tattoo numb cream and special think, rotaries and, you know. Uh, I think that has to do a lot with like growing up in a tattoo shop, especially like 20 years ago when you started. Yeah. It's so different from someone who started tattooing a couple years ago and mm-hmm. is used to like grew up with social media and like posts all their shit and as like a social media presence it's like a very different thing because you started tattooing 20 years ago when social media was like oh, yeah. a fucking infant I yes. when everybody had like sketchbooks and you walk into I was a tattoo shop logos for myspace bro. oh fuck yeah, taking dude. pictures of myself with angel wings and adding angel wings and photos that's fucking <laughs> sick dude right and tom i still do that jokes on you uh no speaking of roughnecks just to kind of divert so would you say not to divert but to tail or you know to put a bow on that conversation you would say your persona online has changed essentially uh it was never a persona 
right? The same dude that is online is the same dude that was in front of my kids, in front of my wife, in front of everybody. It wasn't like I was trying to be anything. But what I noticed is that I can't do that around my kids, which made me change, which made me change, which echoed through everything. Okay. So the way I talk to you guys is different than because of my kids. Yeah. Because of my wife. Now I'll still talk to my wife and be like, bro, what the fuck? You know what I mean? That's how me and my wife talk to. You know, and (laughs) it's like, it's just, well, she's been the first. Okay. So she was the first person to show me empathy. She was the first person that really loved me even when I like would do stupid messed up shit. Yeah. She never got tired of me, you know, with like having ADHD at a young age. It was like, always people would like, they loved your entertainment, but then it got old real quick, you know? So it was like constantly like on the sidelines of shit and dude she just like straight like came in into my situation and like just rides with me and i think that confidence right there you know before it was like you know everybody thought i was egotistical and it was more about just being proud because i came here homeless and now i had all this shit i was like yeah and the people like you're allowed to be proud but you're not allowed to talk about it as soon as you talk about it you're egotistical and then blah, blah 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 you know and it just got to the point where it was like I met my wife and all of that, like, I'm wearing a $300 Ed Hardy shirt or I have 17 pairs of shoes in the closet became less and less relevant because my wife didn't care about that. Yeah. And it became more so about like bragging for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Or not bragging, but well, it was like what I thought chicks liked. Well, it became yeah, more you know? about your family and less <laughs> about you. Yeah. So now it's like, um, well, I've learned how to be happy without money and i think that for a long time money because i had no money money was like my past to be whatever it is that i thought i could be because now i could afford to be that guy but then once i became that dude we had the clothing line in 2008 we were like we're killing it you know and relatively speaking i'm killing it now more than i've ever killed it before because i didn't even have a studio back then i was working at another dude's shop right so, but anyways, like fast forward, man, like now I'm older, now I'm a little bit more wise. I don't have the same type of hyperactive energy. I don't have the same energy to argue with people for hours yeah. and let that shit live in me. Uh, I have this thing that I call the peace pond now. And I picture like, if you like close your eyes and you just picture like an island in that, uh, in that like little, like a, a puddle of water, right? With some grass and maybe one tree around it. And then everything else is black. That pond is your emotional level. So when somebody throws it and it ripples, that that water becomes disturbed, right? So yeah. now my focus has become trying to keep that water as calm as possible. So if there's something bothering me in my life on this side, I need to go to something that alleviates those ripples, right? If Facebook, if like I don't even have people on my Facebook anymore that irritate me just by their own comments, right? If they're constantly like, oh, now my car's all trashed. I need somebody to give me a work. I'm like, mm. I can't have that around me. Yeah, man. bad energy. Like, I, I, a total respect for anybody that has to deal with that. I've dealt with that type of stuff. Been there. But I just don't, I like, I, I treat it like a business now, not like this is my personal journal to talk shit about Trump or whatever, you know, like it's yeah. not my thing anymore. It sounds to me like a phase change. You know what I mean? Like you're the in eve. a, I'm in the eve of my life, right? Like everybody yeah. has, you have the morning and the eve, right? Like that dude's young as shit right there. Yeah, There's dude. like four generations of beards just right here. Dude, honestly, <laughs> dude, Drew told me he was 21 and I was like, fucking give me your idea. It's weird, bro. So <laughs> I had to card him before I would give him a beer. I was like, dude, you look like you're 12. I mean, a good looking 12 year old, not in like a weird, creepy way. Yeah. Also, not, I need not to be in a clear. Catholic I think, way. I think yeah. calling me a good-looking twelve-year-old makes it more creepy. <laughs> As opposed to the ugly. Yeah, you ones. know what I mean. You can like win a contest or something. I don't know. But so, did you reach out to Mike or did Mike reach out to you? So how it happened? Right. This is the Tat Daddy from Shytown. Town. Yeah. So Chi-Rack. Mike was my um, 
Tat Daddy. That's funny that you said that. <laughs> Is that he not actually, the right term? Yeah, he brought it up to you. Uh, oh, okay. Apprentice master kind of thing. I don't know. Uh, I've just always looked up to him as like... Um, is that the wrong term, by the way? I'm not trying to insult anybody. They like, always call okay. him tat dads is what I've heard. Okay. That's, I mean, that's a... Tat daddy, I just feel like, has a ring to it. A tat dad, to me, sounds like somebody that has a bunch of 16-year-old girls at his shop. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Tat Daddy, right? Like that's got a different. That's my. That's my. <laughs> my bad, Mike. <laughs> my bad, bro. No, but anyways, well, he well he laughed about it too. So Mike works with a dude named Don. Don's like one of his partners. Hell yeah! And Don watched the show. Shout out he, to Don, dude. Yeah, and he actually like he told Mike he was like, dude, watch Trip, man. He's like a totally different person now because I don't really do the podcast. Everything I've done is an NFT space, which is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Lo- like it's not so much local. Podcast is a dope space. So he saw that and he watched it and he was like, whoa. Yeah. So long story short, we got hit with that farm boy mural, right? Everybody yeah, saw yeah, the big right. giant blue building. So one of my homies jumped on there and mentioned me. And then I was like, man, this is a job for Orange Moon. Like hit up Mike and Mike saw that. And then Mike hit me up and then we were talking about doing a collaboration for it. So since then, we've just really been kicking it and like kind it's of reminiscing tight. about old stuff. Like I've I've known their whole their like the whole family. And so that's his company, Orange Moon. Yeah, he's Orange got Moon. Orange Moon. Yeah, and, and they're based out of Chicago. No, they're in Newburgh now. Oh, they're in Newburgh. Yeah, now? they're in Newburgh. Yeah, he's got. But a he's whole from project. Chicago. Yeah, we're both from. Oh, there, okay, yeah. damn. I didn't. God bless you. Bless you. Fucking right in the middle of me talking. He just <laughs> he's like, let me just fucking disrupt everything. No, uh, that's fucking sick, dude. So Orange Moon, I have to check these. So you and the, you and yeah. your tat dad are back to bonding. Yeah. On weekends. Well, so <laughs> every other weekend, you know, when mom says it's okay. So I, what it comes down to is like I'm at that point in my life, like artistically, that there's there's a lot of people I could help, but there's not really a lot of people I can ask questions to that's gonna give me a genuine answer. Not many people have been doing it longer than twenty years. And he has, right? Same with hot Robbie Hernandez. Robbie, I'm real good friends with Robbie Hernandez. He owns uh, Shangri La in Newburgh too. Like uh, new, shout out to Newburgh because Newburgh's killing it for tattoos. But Robbie Hernandez is like uh, these guys are like the generation before me, right? Like they're all like ten years older than yeah. me. And well, actually, I think Mike's like 40. So like a handful of years, yeah, right? a few years. But older. these guys like grew up in a totally different time. Like they're, I was Power Rangers, they're Transformers, right? They're ah, G.I. Joe, I'm different. You know, it's like different, like a little bit different. But they're both Renaissance painters and they focused on fine art and they really focused on like, where I focused on graffiti, they focused on like really being able to make realism pop, you know? Oh, I like that. So I dig that. It's it's more complimentary that we work together now and not competitive at all because we've all already established ourselves as great artists for the area. Yeah. And, and I have to compliment you. Like your conceptual I don't know what I would call your art. We've got some on the screen right now, but we were looking like at like new school. Yeah. Like it's just like conceptual uh it's mine. I don't like labeling it. When you see my work, you see my tattoos. You, see you know, whatever. it's a Tony Trip tat. Yeah. This is one thing that me and my I, my good buddy Ethan Pickett, a fellow photographer, is like. We were talking about there's certain photographers that when they post a photo, you would know exactly who did that. Yeah, and that's the same with your artwork, which is like a night. It's a great thing to have when you're. Well, early in the tattoo industry, right? Like we we used to sell flash. Flash. Okay, so before Google, before all this bullshit, where everybody was just jacking other people's tattoos. There used to be a day and age where you could, I could sit down and even if I wasn't a tattooer, I could draw out a flash sheet and then make copies and go sell that to the tattoo shops for maybe, maybe five of these pages with like six designs on them for a hundred bucks. 
I can sell them a copy of that, right? Oh, so no boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Most of my tattoos are picked off. So like flash if you pieces. walk into Crescent City downtown yeah. in Evansville, they have flash sheets all over the wall. Is oh. there a traditional shop? Yeah. Nice. Well, so back in the day, they would we would basically Photoshop it for them. So they would come in and they'd say, like, well, I like the eagle from this one, but I like the shield from this one, and I like this here, right? So people were genuinely getting unique tattoos, even though they were all picking from the same flash. There would be considerable amount of flash on the wall that was all bought and and paid for like there was a community of artists that like it was paying outside of of the tattoo thing and um i just like i don't even brain fart because i was looking at that article. no you're good but I, all i was gonna say is like um how you were saying that they really were focusing oh, on like the hyper realism yeah and your well, art I- is very not realistic but it is also it puts it is realistic it's hard to explain depends on which piece that's the thing like well i guess where i was getting with that whole flash thing is the only way to to stand out against everybody else that was there at the shop was to be able to draw your own shit so we would get on google and look at references or whatever like if somebody needed a sharp hay i'd need to look that up but i would draw stuff so that's where it became like I could be different than everybody in the shop if I drew my own stuff, right. which made me more respectable because now people were starting to talk shit about the Flash, right? And then it went from Flash to Google and then now from Google to like literally looking at somebody else's arm and being like, I'm going to wear that eyeball with the lens in it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's that's a lot of the reason why it's, it's time for me to I, like exit, you know? I do have a question. So like when you started, I feel like it was still tattooing was still heavily like traditional and did you ever get any shit for like having this kind of art style where it's more new school neo-traditional type of stuff so when i started it was all fine line traditional was actually way before my time it's like so it so you're talking more like uh my like grandfather's type stuff. Sailor Jerry's well, yeah. type so stuff. So yeah. what happened was, is back then people were doing these tattoos and they were blowing out. Look at anybody's old tattoo. It looks like a big giant marker spill. Um, it went from that to more fine line. They were developing better needles. It was, the technology was evolving, right? And then everything became fine line. And then the new school guys, which is what I would consider my work to be, came in and started doing contoured lines or thicker lines here with that tapered off and like, Basically, it all comes down to line dimension. The things that are thinner should be far away, and the things that are thicker should be towards you. So if you look at all of my artwork, anything that's like the eyebrows of that um, Oscar the Graham right there, see how fat that line is, but it makes it look like it's in front of his eyes. Yeah. If I were to do that thinner, it would look like it was supposed to be behind his eyes. That's the illusion. Like, look at the tongue. Just the tongue is a thinner line, and it looks like it's in his mouth versus, like, his eyebrows. No, yeah. So, like, um, it it gives, like, the the con, or what's the contour gives you context. Right, yeah. If if that. Well, that's where the. Thank you. So, that's basically my way of of doing it. Now, there's been a lot of traditional guys. I've never really been a huge fan of traditional. I've worked with traditional guys. Uh, like the heart with a mom and a fucking dagger in basically it. any of mine yeah <laughs> i mean well to me so like as a and it's no offense because there's definitely a time for it right like there's yeah. bold will hold is still a thing like uh, there's it's no different than like country music versus like rock music versus rap or whatever like that's a style that people are mirroring but it really became more popular back when ed hardy came out because it was all fine line new school and then ed hardy dropped where christian Arge bought all ed hardy's designs and turned into a clothing line 
Yeah. Then when that popped off, everybody was like, I want to get the shirt tattooed on me, which kind of boosted that back up Went a little bit. back to traditional. Yeah, and there's some weird, people that yeah. were still into it that that still, you know, there were still people that managed to go through it. Like the one that I remember that, like, as far as true to their roots traditional guy would be Richard Holt. Fat dick. You know what I'm talking right. about? That dude, like, we always, we always, like, really. <laughs> you know fat dick? <laughs> like, yeah. I like how we just glazed over that. You're yeah. like, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. people called him back then. Yeah, that was, was his, his name. real name. Richard. Yeah, you, yeah. You're like, Richard, fucking whatever. And you were like, yeah, fat dick. Anyways, you know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> well, he knows, we're yeah. We're not just going to blaze past the fact that his name that's was what, fat That's what people, it <laughs> was his nickname. Yeah, everybody had a tag, you know? Uh, fucking what do you sick know? nickname, by the way. <laughs> yeah, dude. I bet he had a fucking skinny ass dick, too. Uh, no, but do you know anything about Sailor Jerry? Like, the Sailor yeah, Jerry. So, uh, well, there's a lot really, of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's like uh, Philadelphia Eddie. If you want a really good story, like, I like Sailor Jerry too, but like, Philadelphia Eddie was like the epitome of like, uh, uh, Gil Monty. Look up Gil Monty. It was like the the reason tattoos were kind of like bully breed shit, you know? Really? Yeah, dude. There's like Sailor Jerry's like, well, excuse me. Great. Like, don't you know, let it happen again. No disrespect. <laughs> no, but that's like real traditional, though. Like, it's yeah. still pretty fine line. You know, if you look at real traditional, like the roses that Sailor Jerry was doing on themselves, like here's the, the one thing that I've like really kind of fallen out, uh, right. Um, you can zoom in a little bit, uh, just zoom the screen in so he can see what we're working with here. Yeah. So I, so to me, traditional always like was, was a very, intricate very like meaningful patterns right like that 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 boat on him was because he actually went and rode on a boat right yeah. that lady on him is a specific lady in That's like vietnam one woman That's, right yeah like these are his story on his body and what has lost context is they've turned that into flash and now people are wearing that never even been in a boat right yeah. never even stepped they've foot never in the even river. been with a woman well what i've noticed too is like the like with a lot of that <laughs> <laughs> They might be gay, dude. Like, no one knows. <laughs> Don't rock the boat. Yeah. <laughs> but I noticed with a lot of these dudes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Don't rock the boat. Sorry. <clears throat> All right. So, like, <laughs> moving forward. What I've noticed with a lot of these pieces is like, that dude got the sailboat because he sailed. Yeah. But the people now are getting it because their grandfather sailed. Right, it's not their story, right? They're, but it's still, it's still, it's still part something. of their. Yeah, no disrespect, you know and like I said, it's it's it is what it is. But like, I think for when it comes for me, art has always been about refinement. Like that was the best tattoo they could do at that time. Yeah, with the equipment, the ink, the sponges, and buckets of water they were right. washing people with, like that was the best for its time. But we're in 2023, and even those dudes were tattooing with different shit. Well, nowadays you got stuff that looks. Exactly. Like if if they were to print uh anime character, you can tattoo that a hundred percent now almost. A handful of people can. Yeah. Not yeah. everybody. If you do it right. Yeah. What do you think about the uh Polynesian community? What do you know about that L- stuff? A lot of respect. It, dude, it's the same, it falls into that same category. Like n- even to prove I don't have disres- no disrespect, I have a traditional tattoo. I have one traditional tattoo. I was going to say, you have a pretty lady on your inner. Yeah. So this, what was funny is I went to. Um, is that a specific lady? Yeah. Stay... He went on a cruise when he was 16. <laughs> no. She took his virginity. So it's stay gold tattoo in Coriopolis. My grandfather was, was a, was a, in the Navy. He was a sailor. So 
a semen, if you will. I took yeah. I'm sorry. I took <laughs> no him disrespect. To the, sorry. <laughs> I took him to the tattoo shop, and we sell we put cellophane yeah. around his arm, and then traced out his tattoo, and that's the tattoo that he had on his arm. Identical. It's the exact tattoo. Same spot those. too. Yeah. Or no? Yeah. 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 And then his last name above it. So when my grandfather had a daughter, that's it. He never had a boy to take on his name, and that was something that always bothered him. So I told him that I would take that tattoo, which was supposed to be my grandma. Which funny story. See that cleavage? How it's like real big right there. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Me and my wife, we were talking about it, and he was telling my my wife about how my grandma was giving him shit about putting this like it was like a centimeter of cleavage. Right. That's right. inappropriate for that time. You know. <laughs> So what we got there, I was talking to, um, I can't remember, but it was State Gold Tattoo in Coriopolis. But I told the dude, I was like, man, I was like, give her a big ass, like, okay. give her a big Give my grandma cleavage. some tits. <laughs> hey, yeah. fucking put some cans on this broad. So I was just thinking, like, my wife, I showed my wife, and she's like, God like, She's just it, messing Tony. with me, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just my grandma. <laughs> it's my grandma's cans, dude. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, now that we're getting into, like, specific tattoos, uh, you said you grew up around roughnecks and, like, tattooing around roughnecks and, like, the real... Not necessarily the traditional tattooing per se, but like you grew up in the traditional tattooing lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? That roughneck kind of era. Which is interesting but, now though is how they did a, like a revert on it to where like a lot of these artists that were tattooing 20 plus years ago, they were like, hey, if you got uh, anything hate related, you know, I'll cover it up for free or something. Well, yeah. My question was going to be, and you can answer or not answer, and if it's horrendous, we'll edit it out, but what's the... <laughs> I'm just curious. What is the... I've always wanted to ask you this. What is the worst thing? What is the gnarliest fucking piece like darkest piece or craziest thing you've ever tattooed like on a like a roughneck tattoo have you done anything super fucking gnarly no most of the roughnecks all got the same stuff it was like harley logos it was all motorcycles well it was uh yeah like um like the chicks got betty boop the dudes would get like taz uh, or Tweety Bird, you know, for the girls. Uh, dudes would get like skulls, biker logos. Girls would get like dream catchers with feathers. And like, was there was definitely gay. like Cherry Creek Flash <laughs> was like a, dream a big catcher thing. Tattoo, man. Dude, fuck a dream catcher. They don't work. No, dude, but I, it's respectful if it's on the right person. No, that's man. true. Yeah, yeah, that's the it. biggest thing. No disrespect like, to the Native Americans, by the way. My thought is dream catchers <laughs> are intended to like capture bad dreams, yes. bad spirits, yes. and like yeah. keep them away from you. So why the fuck are you getting it tattooed on your skin? I don't know, dude. Because then it's trapping it in you. But whatever. Did you poke holes in your dream catchers when you were little? No. Like if you had one, you were like... Boop. So you never did like a decapitation tattoo or anything crazy oh. like that? So there was a military guy tattooed. Fuck yes, here we go. And if it, it just yeah. raw dog it to me the way you no. did it. And we'll edit it out if it's bad. So no, 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 no. This dude came in and he had like all these tattoos, like yeah. super swole dude, right? Yeah. This was back in like 2009. The only reason I remember this is because when you said that decapitated thing. Mm -hmm. So this dude came in and he brought me a book from World War II that had these photos of these Nazis that had had their bodies blown in half right so there was this one it was a picture of a nazi and he was like it, it was black and white it was all crummy looking you know but you could see like kind of the face and kind of the hat and he was like all like looked like he was melted into the ground and he had got that on this side and then he had got like a like a, a taliban dude on on like the other gap of his of his dude. like his fillers he was doing right. his fillers i'm so fucking 
right now. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> as far as like the weird, like the most off-putting one, like as far as like, but oh, dude, when the I dude came that. in and he had like, he was like, yeah, this is, I had this, at, I got this beer, ca- uh, you know, this, like he had a mug of beer. He's like, I got this in Germany, beer fest. And then he had like, dude, every tattoo looked different. I was like, wow, this is cool. I can't wait to add something too. And he's like, yeah, I want this dead Nazi soldier. I'm like, ah. <laughs> You sure about that? <laughs> I think you that's sure you sick. want me to put up? Like, like, I'm definitely sure. He's like, like, next, yes, sir. Next to that, I need this Al Qaeda guy, and I need six tally marks underneath it. <laughs> yeah, dude, there was some. The fun, the most fun piece that I've always kind of went back to was in 2008 because it was when I had my clothing line. It's downtown. miraculous, by the way, that you remember the the dates, the years. At least. Well, there was pivotal points, right? Like that's the sh- when I was working at different shops is how I judged my life because between like. 2007 or 2008, 2009. Well, 2008's when I had 08 self made, which yeah. was the clothing line that I had at the time. We were selling in the mall and shit. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just can't do that. <laughs> I just wanted to say, like, my memory is so bad, I can't remember specific even Maybe the years. same one that you are. Well, you'll go still, back like, to. you'll be able to remember the year that you, um, like, retired from the military. Yeah, I guess so. Right? Like, yeah. that's a year that'll always stick with you. So when you think about things around that time period, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. So it, it was after that. that. Yeah, you right. know what I mean? You reference so you, Yeah, so I have a reference point, but then I'll add a couple years. Like, I didn't okay, mean to cut you off, by the way. What's the piece that you always go back to? You said there was a, a so, really great yeah. piece that you always go back to. So this dude named Dill, and I'll never forget his name, he came in, and like we were all tattooing, and he was a scrawny dude, built like him, right? Like, But a little more scrawnier and younger. <laughs> dude, okay. he's, like, he's like, I'm not insulting you, but also. Yeah, you're uh, buff for this guy, right? <laughs> you're dead. You could beat his ass. Yeah. <laughs> so like this dude ended up, coming in and he was like yo i want a unicorn with laser beams coming out of its eyes and like everybody did that right and i was like that sounds amazing because like i draw weird stuff anyways like cartoony stuff i was like i'll definitely do that and at the time it was for sure yeah he was like i want it right here so when he came in i I had this unicorn and laser beams sticking out of his eyes and stuff i was like what are you getting this for and he goes Bro, he's like, last week one of my friends died, and we had a group of like 10 of them that all went to this funeral, and they were all really tight. And yeah. in this group, they had always joked that him, that dude that had passed away, was always joking about um, how he, like, like, I guess it's something about getting a unicorn with laser beams tattooed on him. So he came in to get that tattooed so that he could all make all of his homies laugh. Oh, so then damn. I was like, bro, this is like, I don't even know if I charged him much That's for deep. it. Yeah, but That's I ended deep. up making this like, this thing that was like number one tattoo, like my favorite tattoo. And I rocked that for the longest time. Fuck, that's fucking dope, dude. But it was like a unicorn, like super stallion looking. And then it was like, pew. <laughs> dude, so like, getting so the Bronco symbol <laughs> with lasers. I'll getting getting off of the uh, tattoos. Uh, we're, we're about like 40 minutes in. Um, so, so what, what is, uh, what is it? 47 pixel, 45 pixel, 47 pixel, 47 pixel. Yeah. So what is this? We were talking about it a little bit. What is it? Well, I've, so ever since I was a kid, I wanted to work for Pixar. And then after meeting people that work for Disney and stuff like that, it's, it doesn't sound as appealing to me anymore because it sounds like somebody's going to tell me what to do. And then I'm going to have to do that for a few hours. Whereas like in this, I'd rather work with businesses. I found a lot of luck, like working with people that I like and then building them stuff. Like that purple dude you that you guys had on there earlier. Where he is looking up in spring. No, no, no. This right here, purple moose. So, oh, you're no, talking no, no. about purple yeah. moose. Oh, so okay. like this, like, and no disrespect because he's got a website up, but there's things that I could do to help this guy, right? Like he he goes and he does pressure washing and he goes and kills it at his job, Crushes and then it. he struggles because he's worried about this guy charging ten thousand dollars for his for his 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 website. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is where I come in. And like, I found that I've liked, really liked working with people. And if I like them, then I can help them with their brand. It's hard for me to sell me anymore. Right. Like I, I can be like, oh, here's a tattoo, but I won't, you won't see like a Tony trip tattoos flyer. Check out six of my pictures. Here's my website. I don't yeah. do that anymore. It's just not really in me, but I can. And I've done it for so long that I don't have to know more for myself. So it's more about using that ability. And instead of maybe working for Pixar, working with my homies and helping their brands go up, got to make a little bit of money at the side. But the whole concept is I want to open a graphic arts company. And that's very easy to do. All I so, need is my computer. So that's what it is. 47 pixel. It'll be a graphic arts company. It's going to be a solo thing unless I have to outsource and hire new people. So of like course. a freelance thing. Like, do you have an account on like like Fiverr or anything like that where it's similar. Um, so now, so, okay. So we still got like 11 months and then the lease is up on our stuff. And then that's when I'm going to decide what's going on with the tattoo stuff. Okay. But right now I've already started working on it. I chose the name 47 um, pixel because pixel is a digital image measurement, right? Like yeah. that's how we're measuring screens. That's how we're pro, doing. Uh, procreate. It's like how many pixels by how many pixels? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, even H to 4k TVs, that's all pixels, you know? So it's what I draw on. So it's not paper, you know, it's not charcoals. It's not any of that. It's literally pixels. No. Um, and then the 47 comes from 1947, which was when the first pixel was illuminated. So it was on the Manhattan Man- baby, Manchester baby. I was close. <laughs> yeah. Manhattan it's like baby was 17 a 17 foot computer. <laughs> yeah. It's called the Manhattan project. Catch uh, the yeah. uh, fucking movie out right now. Uh, Oppenheimer. You should look at it though. Can you type in like um, 1947 Manchester baby pixel? Dude, Drew can bring type it, in whatever you want. Dude. It doesn't look like our screens anymore. It's like the very, it looks, it, you'll, you'll appreciate it just from a digital artist aspect. I remember that pixel game where you you it was you put the the uh light bulb in and it would light up the different colors and you had is to make it? pictures is that this way the thing that's the manchester baby yeah Jesus. that's our first yeah that could do like what a calculator does now your watch let's talk about your watch now oh that yeah, yeah right yeah. there yeah i don't know where uh, okay so this is the new apple uh ultra so i work out a lot i run i bike i swim i yeah. lift weights and and the ultra is like it was marketed as the most rugged apple watch to ever be made also, the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking it's for? Like, so like when you're swimming, my watch, it w- that before the most recent update, like if you were to take a break in your swim or you wanted to say, I'm going to swim the next thousand meters for a segment, the CRT store. That's the pixel. Oh. That's what I was showing you. Oh, that's it's the first square. one. Yeah, that's what the first pixels look like. That's fucking crazy. It's like that light thing where you would put the it's bulbs It's like a light in. bright, but yeah, it's actually like a straight up screen. That's but, insane. Yeah. Do so, you, do, so it's sick, though. I like so it. So is your arm getting bigger on that side? Yeah, dude. Actually, uh, how many weights are in it? I have to masturbate more with my left hand to counterbalance. Yeah. Does you know, do the you growth. swap wrists? Does Brian's do, watch yeah. have more computing power than the Apollo? I can guarantee you it does because yeah. this um, <laughs> yeah. says what has more computing power than Apollo Eleven with regard to processing speed? The TI seventy three, which is a calculator. <laughs> yeah. Was 140 times faster than the Apollo computer, and the TI-84 was almost 350 times faster. I think I said TI-75 when we were joking about it, but it it was actually two years prior. The TI-73 was 140 times faster at computation than what they landed on the moon. So your watch is probably... Does it have earphones Millions? in it? Like earbuds in it? Yeah. I've seen the ones that have earbuds it. It, in it. has a speaker. Oh, no. It'll talk to you. I try not to say her name because she'll just nice. randomly start Siri? talking. Yeah. Don't Siri? do that. Hey, Siri. Uh, <laughs> Dude's butts. <laughs> <laughs> Look up dick tats. <laughs> 
We'll have to do that after the show. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So, so I'm, 47 pixels is what you're going to try to gear towards in the next year while you try to figure out what. Well, it's going to be probably the future because that's like really, I really enjoy working with digital art, even if it's like producing my own stuff, like making TikTok videos and 3D or do, something like that. Do you think this is the, this sound, this is going to sound bad. I don't want you to die. Let me preface this with that. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is the termination? Do you think this is like where you will finish your story with a with this business, or do you think that this is just a just another venture? Well, what do you think? Like, what's your goal? Do you have a goal for forty seven pixel yet, or what do you think? So the the um, that sounded really dark termination. No, but, but you know what well, I mean. Okay, like, so it's going to be impossible. Like retirement to, plan. It's that's ever, what I mean. Um, it's it's like. It's just something I want to do, right? If it fails, yeah. it fails. It is what it is. I don't like, but I, I have a lot of talent that I didn't have when I first started. Yeah. You know, it was like, now I have, I, it, it took 20 years of all that tattooing to make what I have now. And now that I have it, it's like, okay, do I just keep doing what I did at 17? Or is it something that I can evolve from and, and help other people? I know automatically it's going to widen the audience because tattoos are uh, pretty niche. Yeah, it's pretty limited. I mean, it's a lot more popular it's now, growing, but, but people that can afford the tattoos that I want to do are even more smaller than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it takes a lot of time to do a really good tattoo, you know? You think this digital space now is more like an electronic time capsule of, like, your skills and stuff? Because, like, I feel like everything you're doing now, like, like our, your grandpa doing art or your dad doing art, like, mm -hmm. their artwork's only going to live on, like, if you have any of the physical paper copies, whereas now... Like if you pass on like your kids, your grandkids, they're going to be able to just like my dad on the internet. My dad made these. Yeah. I mean, that's so for a long time, I used to think like he's, especially in my younger ages that tattoos were forever. So that's what really migrated me from doing graffiti that was getting covered up every couple of days to doing tattoo graffiti and on people. It felt a lot more permanent, you know, because I mean, that's really people. like everybody was like more comfortable yeah. with me doing stuff like that because I was already doing it there you know like with right. can so it was like a pretty easy transition but then it became like you know like especially when i moved down here nobody gave a shit about graffiti so it was all about like can you do this skull can you do this you know like stuff that was inside of my wheelhouse but not really things that i paid much attention to can you do this betty boop yeah give it, her some cans working in street <laughs> shops is really what kind of pivoted my ability to draw yeah. almost anything that i want to you yeah. know what i mean and then i met josh sutton years ago 20 years ago. And he told me that he had a photographic memory. So I remember hearing that. And then every time after that, like when I look at stuff, I like, I almost try to take a screenshot of what's happening. Like when I walk in the room first, I'm looking, when you were t asking me about, can we make this in 3d? Yeah. As soon as you said that, I started scanning this entire room and I literally know that I can make anything in this room. Like no so problem, good. even to your brick. And I'll make the brick so real that you'll think I took a picture of your brick. I just showed Brian VR for the first time, like a month ago. It's amazing. And it's only becoming more and more accessible. And I, dude, we went back to Afghanistan for a little bit. Yeah. Was, you play some of them like Population One where you're solo. You, you get play it onward. In. Onward. Yeah. That's the one you got to kind of like really be smart yeah. with it. Yeah. 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 It's I like, got to play the kid you version. Have to, you have to know the mechanics of a firearm yeah. to like understand what you're doing. And count ammo. Yeah. You know? yeah. Count your rounds. Know I like to count. shoot laser beams. That's it. <laughs> I, uh, that shit, dude. I'll be honest. I put that thing on and I fucking had an erection. Yeah. I was like, Thomas, uh, can Brian went prone. I was like, dude, are you on a tripod or? <laughs> I was just like pitching a tent. Uh, dude, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm really pumped well, about 47 pixels. So like one, you got to build an awesome computer for this to happen. 
to be able to do the stuff I want to, like anybody can kind of do it in small bits. And if you download Blender, you can kind of, it's a free program. It's something I recommend for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can like, most average computers can build like a few things, maybe a scene, you know, but when I built mine, I built mine with the exact specifications that I wanted to build video games. I wanted to build or build VR experiences in it, which not just watch them. You did build one. I saw your post on Facebook or yeah, it was Facebook. I could build, I could build a 360 room like and put it on Facebook and you could literally like rotate. Even last time you mentioned you're making a game for your NFTs. Yeah. I got into game building for a while. It's a very expensive um, endeavor because it eats a lot of time. Um, And it's not really the designing and all that. It's the coding. It's making the things Uh. jump. It's making things interactive. It's putting the music behind it. It's making loading screens, which is Have a you used ass. AI for, to make like a loading screen? Um, so you can use AI to make the coding for loading screen, but it looks like AI wrote a coding screen. It's right. pretty stupid. Ah, so I have to physically go in and draw everything, animate everything, and then put that animation into a loop that will play when things are triggered. So it becomes um, a lot more back-end stuff and not really like the user interface. So you see a menu with five buttons, you're like, oh, that's easy. But then each one of those five buttons is calling something in the game that's making it uh, load this screen. And then you got to have a preload. Otherwise, everything dumps in and then like crashes. And, yeah, it's, and that's why Skyrim has like five-minute loading screens. Yeah, well, that's... That checks out. Well, I kept like, um, when I was having people download it, they're like, damn, a gig? I was like, yeah, Cyberpunk was like 90 gigs. I was like, if you want a game that's going to be of quality, you have to you have to have that. Oh, We're not yeah. building like Have a, you seen the GTA downloads? Like, Jesus, it this, fucking takes a Not day even that half. Call of Duty yeah. Warzone. Yeah. yeah. 80, oh, God, 90 horrible. gigabytes. 120. Yeah. Like, it's, it's worth it, though. It's tight. And if it plays right, it's great. It's tight, dude. They still got a lot of bugs and glitches, though. But that's you're going to have that with these. Because that's like, what we were talking about even with Adobe. And they're you're releasing software, whereas you used to be able just to buy a CD. Well, they have to do constant updates, too, because technology is changing, right? Like, yeah. if if this computer doesn't update, they need to make an update to handle that computer. So they'll probably wait until, like a certain percentage of, of computers need to have that next update. Yeah. And they'll update it. And then the ones that haven't updated have to update I have I to know, say, so like, like for, for how, like, dope Premiere is, also, fuck them. Uh, <laughs> dude, it's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> There's an error every week. <laughs> yeah. Every I week mean, we're yeah. shuffling through a new problem and we're Googling and YouTubing how to fix our fucking issue. Uh, but anyways, no. I'm really pumped about the 47, uh, 47 pixel, man. I, I like I, I like this this phase that you're in. And I check think- out our Patreon soon for the new logo that trips oh, yeah, on yeah, us. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm fucking Yeah, I got to send you like a more revised version. That was just for you guys to look at. <laughs> dude, I'm fucking pumped. Dude, when the Patreon drops, dude, it's going to be... God damn, it's going to be fucking bonkers. I'm really proud of how you guys are doing stuff too, man. I've watched you guys like really evolve. Even like since the last time we were here, you guys are selling merch. And oh, don't don't jump the gun yet because when Patreon drops, you're going to be like, yeah. what are these fucking degenerates doing, yeah. dude? Dude, that my people first, love dude, it, bro. Dude, our first episode is going to be dick tats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I'll subscribe we'll, the next month. We'll, we'll, bring in, <laughs> we'll bring in for an entire dick tat episode of, on Patreon. Dude, yeah. we don't know what it's going to be. You're going to need a lot of subscribers yeah, to pay gonna, for that. 
we're gonna start, dude. We're gonna start very, very soon. So keep your eyes open. You gonna do that. it on each other, and I'll just watch. And yeah, you bring the gun, sure and I'll do right. a diktat on Brian, and then Brian can You're do not a diktat on mine. me. We'll go to like Looky Looky and buy one. <laughs> I've got dude, one. Hit up Sutton, dude. He's right down the road. Uh, shout out to Sutton, dude. Yeah. Um, but anyways, man, uh, I'm really pumped about this new phase that you're in. Um, I think I think that uh, minus the hit and run, I think you know that you experienced since last time I saw you. I think this has been a you're moving in a positive direction, man. Yeah, what? it's a lot of focus, man. Uh, I started to like really trying to get like now that I've like really kind of honed in on my family and just trying to be like a better person. I've been trying to do things like get my spiritual like get my spiritual side together, get my mental side together, make sure I'm putting things priority. Like for a long time, I always put tattooing first, the client first, my family can wait. We got to do this tattoo. And I've done that for so many years that I just looked at my son one day and he was just older. Yeah. Right. And I realized that this and time you said he's what, like 30 now, he's right? 13. Oh, 13. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, close. close yeah. It just became a teenager like last week. Oh, yeah. Whatever. And dude, it's so awesome. Like, well, like, you know, like every kid wants to like be a part of, the school and feel cool and stuff. So yeah. it's been really awesome. Like now we're taking them from like the elementary school mentality and prepping them for like the high school mentality, you know? Yeah. So it's been, it's been amazing watching him kind of make a transformation. Cause he's learning to like give things up that are considered childish now. And, you know, and it like kind of breaks my heart because like, I want my son to be my son. I want him to be a little boy his whole life, but I also have to prep him to be a good man. So it's like a delicate balance of like he's got one foot in still being in middle school and he's got the next foot graduating, going to college, you know? Yeah. So I'm just really like I've I've been in the pursuit of money for a long, long, long time and it just made me a money chaser and that's it. And now like I'm in the pursuit of happiness and I'm probably like I could be what I want to do is minimalize what it costs to live so that I can be happy because I've learned that it doesn't cost it doesn't cost anything to smile. No. It doesn't cost anything to be happy. I, I just literally like it. Of course it costs money to take my family out and do stuff. And we got bills and stuff like that. So, I mean, that always be, there will always be some on my mind, but I want to minimalize so that I can maximize my happiness. Like I'm chasing happiness now. So if that means that I have to like take Saturdays and Sundays off, then that's what it's going to happen. Like if we, as long as my family's not start, they've never been starving. We've never been hungry. Right. Like, yeah. But for some reason, I work like we are. And that's a bad habit to have um, if you have a family and you want to be able to be a good dad and you want to be a good In this phase. Yeah, that's in this a bad phase. Habit. Yeah. Yeah. And I before it was my survival tactic, right? Like yeah. we went from being homeless to being like having a chance at a tattoo shop to owning a job now, you know? Yeah, right. So it was like it's always been this evolution, but it was never in my game plan to stay a tattooer forever, you know? Yeah. It's just another medium. Just like when I take a can and hit a wall or I take a pencil and hit paper. It's just another medium. I w- but I've gotten to the point where it's like cons like where I've found myself is like I have things inside me that I want to like reveal to the world. That's all the shit that I display. That Eeyore is my version of Eeyore. It's not the only version of Eeyore out there, but when you compare that to the base version, you'll see that there's a considerable difference. Yeah, man. That's your that's your starry night. They make man. me happy. That's right? your starry night, dude. Yeah. So like what I want to do is focus on I don't need anybody to tell me what to draw. I don't need anybody to give me inspiration. I'm inspired myself. My family inspires me. There's people around me like you guys that inspire me because like I'm getting older. So like I remember being the young dude. I was the youngest guy in the shop. People were trip the kid, trippy the kid, you know, always saying shit like that. And now it's like now like I'm watching this dude right here. 
Yeah. He's still struggling to grow a beard. You dude, know what I mean? Well, he's working I'm on it. Kidding. He's working on it, dude. No, you're right. <laughs> shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> dude, and then uh, Pursuit of Happiness, man. Shout out to Will Smith. Honestly, hell of a uh, movie. Yeah. Uh, but that's important, man. It really it really is free. Like, happiness is free. Like, go outside on a sunny day and just take your kids to the park. Yo, that shit's free. It minus, doesn't cost anything. Minus gas money. You know? Well, it kills yeah. me when I see parents that don't take care of their kids, man. Like, man, like... Y- I think like I get real emotional now, especially like with like my wife, like almost dying for like a year and a half. You know what I mean? Like I struggled with that. That was very traumatic. So relatively speaking, my life has been, you know, when I was dealing with my father, it was bad now, you know, like, and it became worse because the person I did love is I'm sitting here watching them die and, and get real sick and I can't do a damn thing. And you want to talk about personal hell is watching somebody that you literally cannot fix. And you can't get mad at because it's not them, it's what's in them. Yeah. And it's you're sitting there and you're like, I can't do a fucking thing to make this person better. And they're just slowly degenerating and slowly just like or deteriorating. And dude, it was like a really, really tough time for me. And like relatively speaking, the worst part of my life ever. What do you think so, pushed you through that? Um, bro, my kids. I tell you what, man, there's a lot of like, my kids were still okay. So a lot of it came to like, I had to like deal with my own shit on my own time. And then when my kids were there, I was just acting like mom was just like, she's going to go take a nap now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, uh, you know, if they're listening or whatever, but like, like it really came down to like me trying to keep myself in my, that, that peace pond I was telling you about, like level of shit so that I could come in and smile to my clients. I could come in and work for hours and then leave there and then go home and make dinner for my family and like help my kids with the homework or whatever, you know? And then like, then I was trying to do all of her stuff too. And then we lost her. She, she didn't have a job, you know, cause she was all sick. So now it's like, she's good. And like, when you get that close to seeing somebody die and you're not, you're not like somebody that you love absolutely die. And then like, and like you make it through it, it can, cons- it like, fucking fortifies that love like oh, yeah. it, it like they're like i like i'll be in a public space and i'll just watch my wife like because like i'm i'm like it's forged and fired yeah dude. there's yeah. like a uh there's Especially no with questions as much as she's helped you in your life you Bro, know what i mean yeah. just like you were talking about earlier yeah dude i thought i was gonna lose my ace you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and, and that's what it was coming down God to. You didn't, bro. And like, now that I have her back and she's healthier and she's, you know, she's still got the, um, like head pressure. She still has to take medicine. She's still got shots and stuff like that. But relatively speaking, she can give me my own shit back. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, this is the yeah. best I could ever have it, you know? It's fucking dope. So now that she's here, it's like, okay, well, we've been like slowly taking adventures out, right? Like, at first, she could only be in the car for like a half hour. So we'd find places a half hour. Then she got into an hour. So we started going to her families and spending the night and then coming back. So then we made it like three hours. We went to St. Louis and went to this water park and stuff. So we've slowly been able to like get back to where we could travel and stuff again. So it's like rebuilding the relationship, but you're already in love. So oh, yeah. it's like now it's like, dude, I don't want to do shit but be with my wife. Yeah, right. on your downtime, it's yeah. wife time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I dude, that. I remember like just pushing them to the side and just thinking like, if I if I just get this one graphic done or I get this one NFT made, that's what's gonna make us a little bit more money. So that you know, so when I go home, I felt like I was justified in in not using that time for them. So now I calculate everything in time. If it's gonna take time, this is what it's gonna take for me to do that stuff because I'm not gonna get the time back. 
And when you get older, the the most valuable thing, like I don't give a fuck about money no more. Yeah. Like I cannot be like most people are like hustler, hustler, hustle, hustle this, hustle that. Do it while you're young. Get it out, man. But when you finally have something that you absolutely want, if like I wanted a family, I yeah. wanted to be a family man. Like I want to be a father. Like I love this shit more than I've ever loved art at all. Yeah. So now like dedication to making my kids become men uh they're gonna be eagle scouts they're gonna be good like i've been taking them to church um we've like really honed in like i don't understand a lot of things about religion but i am very in tune with spiritualism and i'm very in tune with god i just struggle with man and what man has made and i growing from a young age i don't trust men it's not a big thing. Like I don't, I don't put a lot of faith in like what human, you know, humans. I should say, not just yeah, men, yeah, yeah. By but, man, you mean humans? Yeah, yeah. and like, um, and even some men in general. Like, if there's certain stereo, like a certain vibe that kind of matches something that I've had, phys- um, you know, either physical altercations with or reflections. Yeah, with. I don't even ha- pay no attention. Yeah. Like if there's something on my Facebook feed or something that I used to just drop a joke in, but maybe it was like a little bit of a dick punch, you know, like right. Um, I don't even do it no more. Like, I just don't, I don't like, maybe they're having a bad day and that's how they get, they, they feel about their shit. You know, what, uh, what advice do you have for the young gun? Uh, you know, his name might be drew or any other, any other young guns out there that are out there for the hustle. I mean, short of like, do it while you're young, like these younger kids that are out there hustling, what advice do you have as we're wrapping up today, uh, for these young gunners, dude, man, I, there's a lot of people, especially in the music, electronic music industry, that are really they're they're doing the same shit that I was doing when I was a kid. And what I've realized is it's not so much about like the kids are gonna do what they want because they're headstrong. They don't have no real responsibility as long as they made their paycheck and their rents paid, they're gonna hustle and they're gonna do something that makes them happy. That's kind of naturally built in. But what I what I would suggest for the older people my age is to find you a young person and give them the hand that you didn't have. Like when I was a kid, the only reason I got the job at Everlasting is because an older dude named Tommy Gunn threw me a, a bone. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So now that I'm that older dude, I'm throwing James, Emily, you know, anybody that's worked at our shop. We're all like trying to throw them a bone to like yeah. help them out. So like this dude right now is in a perfect position where he's helping people out that – a, he's going to get some experience. He's going to get some exposure because you guys are already knowledgeable about most of this. I'm sure he's learning some stuff too. But as the young dude, like, man, just like uh, my best advice for young dudes is to write your questions down, go through them three times and figure out which ones are important and then shut the fuck up and just listen. Because the more you listen, the more you learn, the more you'll be able to apply. And then when it comes your turn to talk and you become like when you're young, you're like, oh, everybody should pay attention to me. Look, I'm loud. I'm doing my shit, blah, blah, blah. Not speaking on this, bro, right here. But like when I was a kid, when I was 21, bro, I had a clothing line and we were drinking down at Icon. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) we were throwing fashion shows. We were doing some shit, you know? Yeah. And like. So like live and have fun. But if I would have just like slowed down and not so big, like I think a lot of the time I, I went from nobody knowing me to I want everybody to know me. So I really put a lot of effort in doing that. But now that I'm older, I'm just like, I don't want everybody to know me. You know, I don't want right. to be bothered in Walmart about a tattoo. I don't want to be bothered when I'm at my kid's basketball game about your tattoo. Like do it right. You know, yeah. here's a card. Do it this way. Yeah. So but for the younger generation, man, like persistence is key don't ask for shit until you've been doing it for 10 years um 
it's it, it comes down to is like when you're a kid, everybody expects you to stop. Yeah. Right. Like from an outside in any 20 year old that I dealt with would usually end up having some sort of bullshit drama. His girlfriend's crying, blah, blah, blah. He's got to go home because she's not getting enough attention. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, of course. You know, there's a lot of shit that comes with that. But like, don't like those distractions will happen, but keep going because it took me almost 10 years to get recognized as a tattooer, you know, and then it became like it was like i want that cake and then after 10 years it was like here's as much cake as you can eat ah eat the fuck up bro right and it was like ah now i was like i don't even like cake anymore i like pie (laughs) cake palooza but that's what it is you know like it really comes down to is like the people that last are the people that just almost were ignorant enough to not give up because most people will like hit that first meal where they get hungry or they have to skip a um, an event that all their friends are going to because they don't have no money. Or they got it, they get their friend buys them a ticket, but then they sitting at the event where all everybody's eating and they can't eat. Yeah. Like all that stuff's pretty normal for like a a person that went from having their parents take care of them to real world situations. You know, someone who's twenty. <laughs> yeah, and and it comes down to is like find something that you love because if you do love it, you know, like the cliche, like you never work a day in your life. There'll be days where it feels like straight up fucking boy. But at least like, at least like it, when it came to tattooing, even if I didn't really want to do this tattoo, like I, I was still not working in a coal mine, burning my ass off. Right. You know, so I was still always thankful about that. And I always still try to treat people like if you're in my chair, you get the utmost respect, right? Like everybody else back in the day, if you got some slide shit to say off the, on Facebook, I'll match that energy. But yeah. now it's like, Let you it know, ride. I, I, dude, like on my consultation form, it says, why do you want this tattoo? And if that's not filled out proper, you ain't going to hear from me. And I also yeah. feel like a lot of these like young cats, like if somebody was interested in getting into any, say somebody was interested in getting into anything you do, it wouldn't take anything for some 20-year-old, 22-year-old to hit you up and be like, hey, man, can I come sweep the shop and just pick up some knowledge while I'm done sweeping the shop or something? Respect. I think that pride holds a lot of people back from respecting things that they should probably respect. So when you're younger, you're like, oh, man, I'm I'm just as good as that guy. But really, you're not. So just chill out and be around that guy and be somebody that that guy likes. And then he'll eventually you'll learn stuff from him. Especially yeah. if you show up and you're consistent. Yeah, yeah. Persistence, like like you said, persistence, showing up every day. Yeah, that's the key, man. Like it, just get it while you can, and then when you build your family, um, be the best person you can for that family. Right, be the best person you can for your community, then be the best person you can be for your family. Maybe not in that order. Family first. Yeah, family always first. Man, like I said, I was never really like into religion, but I've always considered myself to like go through the open doors that the universe or God has given me. Yeah. So I think that's why I land around Christians or I land around Muslims or I, land, I have an utmost respect for okay, people that are doing stuff. Straight away. He was well, like, dude, like I, like I could probably relate to him more now than ever because I'm going through my own little thing. Little you know? journey. Yeah. And I think that like whatever makes you feel comfortable is awesome. But like, like a lot of people try to like intertwine the stories of the Bible and I'm trying to intertwine religions and try to figure out like I I could, I could, why couldn't I believe what he believes and believe that Jesus existed and believe that Siddhartha existed and, and believe all this, all of them existed. We're praying with them to God. Right. When 100%. you start praying to man or you start praying to other things or you start letting the man's stories and stuff like that get in the way, you're 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 missing what what we're here Tony's for. gonna become a Muslim. I, can I, tell now. I hope I interview you. I'll be spiritual. We're gonna, we're gonna have you back <laughs> on in, in twelve months. I, I'm gonna see you again in twelve months. So we're gonna do Tony Trip four. 
uh, and I want to know what this spiritual journey has been like for you because I'm, I'm I'm assuming in 12 months time you've made yeah. you've made a change or something. Yeah. So I want to know, man. Where can people get a hold of you? Uh, whether it be for these new sick logos or TonyTrip.com. Uh, TonyTrip.com. All the links are on TonyTrip.com. You can also like I'll keep things updated when it comes to the uh, 47 pixel, but that'll be like that's something that's kind of like um, a long term project that I want to get on there and I want to be able to have like a bunch of information like what's the difference between like um a jpeg a vector and a png yeah like these are like a lot of the questions that i automatically get asked that i want to put on this website before i ever actually launch it so you guys are actually getting something that's really really fresh like um this is probably like maybe three days old i knew that i wanted to do a graphic arts thing but i've really been studying like the words and things like that and what i found that uh with 1947 being when the first pixel launched um, it also puts me at 47, which shows up before A. So alphabetically, I show up before the alphabet. Right. That's where you need to be. Whoop, whoop. That's where you need to be, big that's dog. What, that's that, that's that um, being around like uh, marketers and people that and are Brandon like, Gabriel. Yeah, and just like working on that stuff, dude. It's like the alphabet. That's how you show up yeah. in searches. Just so. being quiet and listening, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was never quiet. And I often got <laughs> I often got reamed for that too. But like now, like especially now that I'm older, I, I definitely like I li- I'd listen to what this dude says. You know, like I can't yeah. be above anybody else's knowledge because somebody has something to, to teach me that's good and somebody has something to teach me that is bad. Right? Like you can learn bad habits just as much as you can learn. Hundred percent. Depends on who you hang out with. Well, dude, I uh, I greatly appreciate your time, dude. Seriously, yeah. uh, it's, it's been always a, a blast, it, dude. It's been a jam packed. Uh, we didn't feed you any fire liquor this time. I know <laughs> a few yeah. times ago, I think we gave you some fireworks <laughs> in Corona. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Corona. But, uh, was that this last one's time. a little more chill, but honestly, like I enjoy myself, dude. It's always good to see Mister Trip up in the studio, yeah. hanging out, uh, spitting your knowledge, dude. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't have any other questions, man. So, uh, Tom, are you good? Or this you? has been another thrilling episode of the Days Grim. My name is Tom. My name is Brian Michael Day. This has been Drew producing the show back here. Uh, And then also, thank you so much, Mr. Tony Tripp, for coming in today. Thank you so much. Hey guys, if you liked what you heard today, there will be a new episode next Tuesday as well as every Tuesday at 6 a.m. So hit that subscribe button and let your phone do all the work for you.